Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. So this week, we decided to break down all of the major Kardashian feuds. You guys have been asking us to do this for a while, and we decided to do it. So we did some of the big ones, like the Taylor, and some of the little ones that you may not have heard of. And we tried to do our best to provide you some clarity as to everything that we've experienced. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to our Kardashian bonus show, episode seven. We've had the most fun doing these every week at something new. Last week, we did a very intensive breakdown of everything Rob Kardashian. We got a good response. I think it was informative, right? I think so. <laughs> and so this week, we wanted to do one of our other most requested topics, which is a history kind of of the biggest Kardashian feuds. To clarify, we're not talking about necessarily internally, but kind of issues that they have had with other people, whether those are big ones like the Taylor Swift one, which we'll start with, or some smaller things, most recently the Jamila Jamil thing with Khloe Kardashian. So we just want to break this down. We're not even giving our insight that our in, input that much. We're kind of just talking about them, um, I guess, in the most like logistic terms, right? Just I would say. I don't know. That's, Here's, the, that's the plan. That's the plan. Here's the thing about the Kardashians. They breed controversy. So naturally, they're going to be major public figures that they clash with. And I personally haven't listened to something where I've been able to hear them all in one. So let's get into it, Julie. <laughs> let's. <laughs> Julie's waited her entire life to talk about this first one. There's a lot of things in life that I'm like passionate about. There is nothing, nothing that I care more about than the Kim, Kanye, Taylor Swift narrative. I know. I want to just start out by saying like, you know, we like make it a, we make a conscious effort to just kind of like speak positively about, about celebrities that we talk about. Julie does not like Taylor Swift. It's a known thing. It's like she's made it open. I, when you talk about this though, like let's talk about it with the lens of, as much object- objectiveness as you can. No, totally. You know what I mean? Just totally. because I want to I wanna just break it down for everyone and not let, necessarily. Yeah. No, let me clarify. I, I don't like Taylor Swift in the sense that there's a lot of things that she does that I think are shady and, and the way that she portrays herself. But I am not somebody that would ever be on board with people like, bullying her or no, that type no, no, of thing. No. Like, it's just, I just don't like the way. You don't like the way she handled it. Totally mm-hmm. fine. Um, okay, so starting off with one of the biggest ones, which was Taylor Swift versus Kim and Kanye and Julie take the motherfucking reins. So this story goes back to 2009 VMAs when Kanye interrupted Taylor's acceptance speech when she won video of the, of the year. And remember, she he famously took the mic from her and said, Taylor, I'm gonna let you finish. And I have to say, which I— Oh, yeah. yeah we which, don't talk about this enough. I know. I said it on one episode. I know the OG listeners are going to be like, we heard this, but for anybody new, I have to just tell you because it's still the coolest thing that's probably ever happened to me. 
I was at the VMAs this year. I was sitting next to Adrienne Bailone when this happened. She would never remember. And she turned to me. We turned to each other. Carrie Hilson was sitting in front of us. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Nobody knew. Sean Paul was standing behind me. Adrienne Bailone was next to me. I Carrie wish Hilson. the Fosters were here to clang the shit out of I you. I know, I know. Nobody knew. I'm telling you right now. Nobody in the audience, celebrity or not, knew what the fuck was going on. I will say, earlier in that night, the way that I got, just this is like just a backstory. I think it's like interesting. Kanye, yes, he was very drunk. So this was at the time when he was hooking up with Amber Rose. And where when I where I was wasn't like in the fan section. We we happened to know someone, so I had really good seats. Like I was sitting next to a celebrity. So when all the breaks, we could walk around. And I hugged, did I tell you that I like hugged Kanye? Don't talk to me he about was, it. He was carrying, he was holding a bottle of Hennessy and he was like making out. I have a picture of him making out with Amber Rose at the VMAs. And um he, I said to him, like, Kanye, can we get a hug? And he's like, yeah. Like, I forget exactly what he said. He had his, That was when his hair was all crazy and, like, really cool. Oh, I know exactly what he looks like. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. The black shirt. Um, so this just resonates with me every time you say it because I was there, and it was as intense as everybody thought it was at home. Okay, now back to you. If you care about my mental health, never tell me that story again. I'm sorry. Again. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just had to. No, it's okay. I'm glad you did. It's but now, now it's never coming up yes. again. Until I go to Sunday service, then you can tell that story as much as you want. <laughs> okay. So— a little flashback to 2009, which we can all acknowledge was 10 years ago. So in case you are personally still mad about this story at home, it was 10 years ago. Okay. Kanye interrupts Taylor and says, I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had one of the best music videos of the year. Beyonce had single ladies that year. So honestly, that was grounds enough for him to interrupt her, but whatever. It was wrong. He knew it was wrong. He, the next day, was on the Jay Leno show and was like, I did it. And as soon as I was doing it, I knew it was wrong. Like, he was like, I, I couldn't stop myself, but it was wrong, whatever. Taylor Swift was on The View the same day and said, she hasn't heard anything from Kanye. He hasn't apologized yet. As soon as Kanye saw that The View, he called Taylor and personally apologized. They kind of buried the hatchet. Like, it, she forgave him, said the apology was sincere. A year later, at the VMAs, Taylor performs her song, Innocence, which w- has a line that references the— um, the incident with her and Kanye, and people believe the entire song is about the whole Kanye incident. Which is like, okay, the feud's dead. It's done. You forgave him. And now you're going to reemerge it. It, it. Whatever. So Kanye kind of backtracked on his apology. and was like, no, now she's using it for clout. And now she's using it to, you know, get ahead. And and it's not right. Like, we, we're done. The story's done. And, and she keeps reemerging it. Um, so after that, they kind of, you know, put the feud behind them again. And then 2015 came around and it seemed like they were good. Like there were, there was rumors about them collabing on music. And at the VMAs that year, Taylor Swift gave Kanye the award for the, the um, Vanguard musical video award. So, and when, Con- and when Taylor gave it to Kanye, she said, like, she made a joke a little thing. She's like, I'm going to let every other artist here finish. But Kanye's had one of the most amazing careers of all time. So people were like, oh, my God, this feud is done. We buried the hatchet. We buried the hatchet. It's kind of cool to see them, like, friends again. I remember Taylor had gotten flowers from Kanye that she posted, like, my friend Kanye. Like, Kanye and Taylor 2020, something like that. Then (laughs) the famous, um, the song Famous comes out, which has a line about Taylor Swift. So this is kind of when the feud reemerges. And the line in the song is, I think me and Taylor might still have sex. Why I made that bitch famous. So as soon as that comes out, Taylor's camp is like, oh my God, I can't believe you would disrespect her like this. It's ridiculous. We never knew about this. And Kanye was like, hold up. I called her for approval. She said she loved the line, thought it was hilarious and was so on board with it. And Taylor was like, we had no idea that was going to be the line. 
And Kim is like, of course she knew. We have video of it. The keeping up with the Kardashian, Kardashian cameras were filming at the time of this call. And apparently Taylor's team had called Kim and Kanye and said, don't you dare do anything with that video. Like, don't you dare release it. In the episode of Keeping with the Kardashians, as we all know, they released the video. Um, and it's Kanye on the phone with Taylor saying, like, he reads the line. He reads her um, up until, like, I think me and Taylor might still have sex. That's what she reads. He, he leaves out the, I made that bitch famous. Um, and Taylor tweets, the uh, uh, like, a statement. It was like, that moment when Kim and Kanye, Kanye um, record your phone call without your knowledge. And she was like, um, she was like, I didn't know they were going to say that bitch. So now she's kind of going back on her story, which like, yes, she gave permission, but it wasn't that exact line. It was like, that's what you're going to be upset about? Like, please. Like, in my, in my opinion, other people can argue like, yeah, it is embarrassing to be called that bitch in front of everybody. Well, the whole thing is that it just like really hindered her credibility because she started out by saying that she had no idea of any of it. And then she's like, Actually, it was kind of just the word choice that I wasn't okay with. But the second that you lie about that, everybody's kind of like, wait a second. Also, in my opinion, like if there was a line in that that I would have wanted to run by Taylor that I would have thought was the inappropriate line or the maybe controversial line, it would have been that I think me and Taylor might still have sex, sex, not I made that bitch famous. Like that's the part that I – and something about Kanye that a lot of people say and and others may disagree is that his intentions are – tend to usually be in the good place and they – tend to come forward in a way that he thinks is with his best intentions, right? So I can totally see him being like, okay, the other line doesn't matter. Let's just read her this line. A lot of people could argue that he purposely left that out knowing that she'd be upset. I don't know. I personally think that he thought that was going to be the controversial line and that's why he read it. And quite frankly, he didn't use her full name. I don't think he needed to even run it by her at all. Right, he could have. There's no legal thing there. He, it's not that he legally had to, but it was the right thing. But that's to do. what I'm saying. That's like if he's already gone to the extent that he's going to do this, and he's running something by you, is the right thing to do and get your permission. You're going to be picky over a word choice now. You already gave your permission. You already did the right thing. So that's when this feud kind of reemerged, and um, Kim had posted something. It was like, oh, it's National Snake Day. Like, love these holidays or something. And everyone is commenting on Taylor's pictures, like pictures of snake, pictures of snakes, and. On her tour, on the Reputation tour, she has a giant snake on stage, um, which is like, you're not over something if you have a giant snake on stage. She kind of used it like, I'm turning it into a joke. It's like, no, you're not over it. And you're trying everything you can to make people believe you're over it when you're just not. And that's the issue I have with Taylor in this circumstance. It's been messy. It has been messy. It has been um, not at all resolved, in my view. Like, we haven't heard anything recently, right? Yeah, I think, I honestly think that both parties are kind of over it. But I mean, listen, Kanye, you certainly don't need Taylor in your life. No, so obviously not. And listen, she doesn't need him. Like, right, no, no saying, vice versa. They have, yeah. they have such different um, fan bases. I mean, I'm sure there's some overlap. But it, it, the, thing about, the thing about both of these people is that people that go hard for their Kardashians go fucking hard for the Kardashians. People that go hard for Kanye go hard for Kanye. People that go hard for Taylor go fucking hard for Taylor. So nobody's opinions are being, it's kind of like Trump's base. You're not moving them. Nobody's switching right. sides here. If you are a diehard Taylor fan, you're a diehard Taylor fan, and you forever will think that Kanye was 100% wrong, and that's fine. My belief on this whole thing is that was a shitty situation, but I do think that the way that she handled it was a little bit dramatic. Um, although it was fascinating to watch. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm telling you, one of the best days of my life was when Kim dropped that video of them recording that call. It was because it was so, uh, like, vindicating. Yeah, it was the most validating thing in the entire world. I was like, yeah, she is a fucking snake. Um, moving on to one of the <laughs> me five things that are stay objective, Julie. She's a <laughs> fucking snake. <laughs> well, I think I did my best, and then no, you did amazing. Had to throw you did a little amazing. Bit in. I love you, as you guys know. I love when Julie just like educates me. Not that anything you were saying I didn't know, but I love hearing you talk about it. Um, also, because I love your passion about it. Thank so, you. second, we tried to rank these by biggest. We may have missed some, and we may have not done the order. But let's okay. So number two is Caitlyn Jenner. Basically, the issues about around this mainly arose because of the way that the Kardashians were saying Caitlyn treated Chris and the comments that she made about their marriage. So, obviously, Chloe, Kim, and Courtney were really upset because they felt that Caitlyn was just not honest with them throughout the entire transition that they were finding out things from interviews and TV um, rather than Caitlyn telling them herself. So, they felt like they weren't the first ones to know everything, and you know, it would come out and they'd find out with the rest of the public, which obviously for a family like that that values loyalty so much, it wasn't cool. I will say throughout all of this, I think that Kylie and Kendall had a really uncomfortable um, position. Obviously, Caitlyn is their dad, and they have a lot of loyalty for their mom, and they love their mom so much. But it it was just an uncomfortable position. I think that they were vocal about that. That it was it was hard. It wasn't easy, and it was it was really uncomfortable at times for the other three. Also, I remember when Kim helped dress. Caitlin for the SVs and and Chris was heartbroken and she saw it as such a betrayal and it's so hard and you've grown up with somebody and, and Caitlin was their dad for so long especially like especially Chloe Chloe and Caitlin or Bruce at the time were so so close it was it wasn't like they broke up and and it was so easy for them to all be like well we're taking our mom's side it was like it was really difficult to hear somebody they loved and respected say such bad things about their mom and I think that's when yeah I mean Caitlin. Bruce at the time walked Chloe down the aisle. Like this was their dad. Um, so Chloe went on Howard Stern and expressed how upset she was with Caitlin for the for keeping the things from them and the way that she treated Chris. Uh, Caitlin was then upset with Chloe for what she said on Howard Stern. And Caitlin kind of asked her, like, what happened to the family sticking together? And Chloe said, You jumped that ship when you did Diane Sawyer and talk shit about our mom. And Clearly, I think that we've always always said from the beginning is how much the Kardashians value loyalty. And that was a real slap in the face. Um so then Caitlyn's tell-all book is released. The kids claim everything said about Chris is a lie. Um, Caitlyn had come on and said that basically she told Chris about the gender issues previously and that during the marriage to Chris, Chris had total control over Caitlyn's finances. There, there was a lot of messiness here. I I remember, you know how we always say that there's some drama that we like revel in and are so excited about and then there are others that is almost saddening? To me, I never remember being excited about this. No. I remember feeling and you and I both, feeling really sad about it because you could see how hard it was for the kids and honestly how hard it was for Chris. I never took the, I never took that side or that I never believed the narrative that was like, Chris wants Caitlyn's downfall. I think that as much as she may hate Caitlyn or disapprove of Caitlyn's actions, she cares about her kids more. She's a, she, first things first, she's a mother. Yes. And I didn't believe that at all. I think that it was painful for everyone involved. I think it was so rough. And I remember when the book came out that, you know, Caitlin alleged that um, Chris controlled their finance, that they had so much money that that Bruce wasn't allowed access to. Um, and Courtney was like, it's not true. She was like, my mom had to borrow money from me at one point because things weren't great. Like, it's it, it was really hard to watch Caitlin say such awful things about Chris. And I remember that episode where Chris just broke down at the table crying. It's like, that was that was as raw and real as it got. It was it was in, it was really crazy to watch and really hard to watch. I think it was. I will say now, um, things seem to be 
cordial, as you know, obviously, I mean, with Kylie and Kendall, it definitely is. And with the other kids, I don't think that they have a great relationship by any means, but they're civil. It's not like when we were in the thick of it, it was ugly. It wasn't fun. It was really ugly. Now things things are are totally different. Um, there are even pictures with Sophia, Caitlin's, I don't know if you, girlfriend? Or, yeah, it's they say, a little Some people say they're romantic. Still. Some people say they're not. I don't know. Um, you know, with, with the family. Like, I think things are good. I think everyone's past it. Um, they've been through a lot. And I think the whole— I don't know. In my view, this is like nobody's ever said this to me, but the whole Tristan thing just rocked everyone to the point where maybe this this formed some sort of camaraderie among the family. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. I think I don't think things will ever go back to, you know, the the kids will never have the same relationship. I mean, Kim, Courtney, and Chloe will never have the same relationship with Caitlin as they they once did just because of all of the drama there and the things that she had said about Chris, which just it's not cool. Like when somebody hurts your mom, it's like you go into defense mode, no matter who it is. So no, you go into I don't think I don't think things will ever be the same. But I think um, they're better than they once were. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on to Drake, which is a little bit more <laughs> fun to talk about. If you guys remember earlier, was it the end of this year, or end of last year, or earlier this year? Uh, earlier this year. Ah, uh, no, no, end of last, it was year. The end of last I, year. I have a hard time with time. It was at the end of last year. Um, what happened? The way this all sparked, which Julie will get into, it was via a Twitter thread. Actually, this guy released this like very, very extensive Twitter thread about um, analyzing the lyrics of of a Drake song and how really that alleged that he was sleeping with Kim. So, would you want to get into it? Yeah. So, Drake and Kanye have had problems for a while, um, dating back to this, which is dating back to when Pusha T outed Drake for having a kid, and Drake blamed Kanye for that, which both both Kanye and Pusha T have come out and said it wasn't Kanye. Pusha's like, Kanye didn't tell me. Kanye's like, I didn't tell him. Drake is still going with this narrative that he did, refuses to believe otherwise. So, that's kind of where this starts. A Twitter thread came out um, analyzing lyrics in Drake's song, two of them. One, the Kiki, Do You Love Me, which is he said that he thought the Kiki was referring to Kim because that's Kim's nickname, famously her nickname. And the other was in his verse in Sicko Mode where he says, like, crept down the block, made a right. Essentially what he wanted to get across was that he thought that Drake and Kim had had an affair. Um, Kim obviously denied this right away. Kanye released a whole video about um, how it was so wrong of Drake to not come out with a statement to let this narrative go on. And he was like, listen, like, you didn't fuck my wife. There's no way you fucked my wife. But if you're going to write a song and say Kiki and use her name like that, then, like, people are obviously going to draw that conclusion. It's, he's like, it's like if I wrote a song and said Riri and was like, I feel like, obviously, Riri is famously Rihanna, and you and Rihanna dated. He's like, I wouldn't do that because that's the conclusion people would draw. Or if he was saying that if you did do it, at least come out and be the first one to deny the rumors that then arose. It's kind of like, if you're going to do it, like, if you make your bed, sleep in it. I'm, you know, like, th- right. that's, that's what it was. Um, I will just say that, the, like, the MVP in this entire thing was the fucking guy who did this Twitter thread. I have never in my life seen a fan go so intensely on lyrics. The line is, uh, like, Oh, fuck, I forgot the exact item. We should have wrote it down. Like, uh, cut the light, made a right, whatever. And the guy drew a map from Kim and Connie's house, to, from Drake's house to Kim and Connie's house, showing the exact route that he would have taken. Like, it was so elaborate and insane. <sighs> anyway, that happened. Um, then Kim claims that Drake called Connie and threatened him. Um, Connie went on these major Twitter storms. Yeah. 
like Kanye's got to stay off Twitter, which he has recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, went on these major Twitter storms, kind of just like going off on it. The whole thing, again, as all of these do, the the dust has settled and everything's like much calmer now. But in the heat of it, it was really, really intense. That was also when Kanye was, you know, he goes through social media phases, and at this particular time, he was very active. So in light of all of this happening, he was posting videos. That's when you know it was like on some Cardi B shit when you're posting selfie videos of yourself walking. He was walking down the street talking about it. It was like. Oh my God, Julie was living. Julie couldn't get enough. It's like me for you OG listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. Me with the Noah, Noah Cyrus and Little Xan thing. That was Julie with this Kanye and Drake thing. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, it was just super intense. And um, also the crazy thing there is that Kanye was really a mentor to Drake, which is why the whole thing, it's not even just like they knew each other. Like Kanye was Drake's mentor. They were really close. It's kind of like how Kanye and Jay-Z aren't friends anymore. Like it, it's that magnitude in my opinion. So yeah, it was just crazy for it to unfold. And I- forever. There's literally every single celebrity I want to be on social media. I want everybody on Instagram. I want everybody on Twitter. I want I want Kanye to literally stay off of them forever. No, I know. He's the he, only person. He doesn't do any benef- benefit to himself because he's just, whether you want to say intentions or not, he's misunderstood and it doesn't come across well. Um, and I think he's, he's recognized that or Kim definitely has recognized that or her PR team has definitely recognized that. Certainly. Um, you know, I also just want to say on the record, I there's a zero percent part of me that believes that Kim slept with Drake. Oh no, zero, never happened. Zero percent, never, never happened. happened. Never happened for so many different reasons. But <laughs> and Drake should have said that. That's that's my only thing. I don't think it's anything wrong that he said Kiki. I don't think any of that. I think that he should have come out and been like, not true. That's yeah. all. That's all I think about that. And you know how much we love Drake. Yeah. Oh my God. Please, you, Drake, do not let this take away from how much I love you. I swear to God, you could. You could literally do anything to me. I'm not kidding. (laughs) If you listen to the Justin Sylvester episode um, from Tuesday, we were talking about (laughs) just all of this type of stuff. And I think that in this particular case, this is one where Julie would like, as Justin was talking about his love for Israeli men, this is kind of how we feel about Drake. Yeah. Oh, my God, Drake. Um, Okay. Moving on now to Amber Rose. So – Backstory, as I said in the VMA section, Kanye and Amber Rose dated from 2008 to 2010. So once Tyga and Kylie started dating, Amber Rose spoke about, out about their relationship saying, she's a baby, she needs to go to bed at seven o'clock and relax. That's ridiculous. Tyga should be ashamed of himself, for sure. He is a beautiful woman and a baby and left that for a 16-year-old who just turned 17. Obviously, the woman she was talking about was Black China. It should be known Black China and Amber Rose have been friends for a very long time now. So she was kind of playing like the best friend card in a lot of ways. I'm not saying that those weren't her true opinions, but she also was taking Black China's back. Totally. Um, Chloe then tweeted out and called out Amber Rose for being a 15-year-old stripper and saying things about Kylie's age. Quote, I was a stripper when I was 15 years old, Amber Rose told Fox. Please don't worry about my sister who has a career and her shit together at only 17. People who live in a glass house shouldn't throw stones. That's what Chloe said. Uh, it was it was intense. <laughs> then Amber Rose tweeted a meme that said, when your sister-in-law calls out your ex for being a stripper but your wife has a sex tape, she also tweeted at Chloe, you think because your dad was a professional football player that got away with murder, you're better than me, girl? Hun. <laughs> Obviously. I love bringing OJ into it. There's nothing like it. That was intense because she made the claim that, like, your dad was OJ. <laughs> Quite frankly, we could have done a Kardashians versus OJ section of this. <laughs> Seriously. Can we do that one episode? Absolutely. Please, we can do an OJ episode? Yes, absolutely. Ah! <laughs> That's so my whole life. Um, okay, then, so I'm just going to break it all down. Then Kanye went, went on The Breakfast Club, and when asked about the whole Amber Rose feud, he says, she's just soaking in the moment. If Kim had dated me when I first wanted to be with her, there wouldn't be an Amber Rose. I love that quote. I want it on my grave. Obviously, 
yeah, that that was that was a, that was a good one. I love that. It was a good one. Um, okay, 2016 comes around. Kim and Amber Rose ended their feud, and Kim invites her over to Chris's to bury the hatchet, which is. If you've watched anything Kardashians, you know you know you've made it when you're eventually invited over to Chris's house to kind of make peace. Um, they post a selfie together, and Amber Rose later defended Kim for posting a naked selfie. Basically, you know Amber Rose has the whole slut walk thing, and she's very, very much an advocate for women's empowerment and women's nudity and just being able to express their bodies in whatever way they want. And this, you know, she totally supports Kim. This is my favorite example, by the way, of a Kardashian feud that started out so ugly and grew into something so beautiful. Yeah. Can you agree? I totally agree. And and quite frankly, there's no reason that Amber Rose and Kim shouldn't be friends, be, aside from the fact that she used to date Kanye so long ago. But, like, they both have very similar values in the sense of, like, female empowerment, women's bodies, and being, like, a mother and, and juggling those types of things. So I, I it makes perfect sense for them to eventually bury the hatchet. No, totally. I was happy when this happened. So was Julie. Um, moving on. To, <laughs> we're literally not going to talk about this. We talked about it so much in the last episode. We would just be remiss not to mention Black China. And Julie literally writes, dash, obvious reasons. Obviously, you all know what happened. I mean, they had beef before any of this when Kylie was dating Tyga. And then all hell broke loose when she started dating Rob. So forget about it. It was it was nasty. We got into it last time. No need to revisit it. But um, they- It is important to note, though, through this whole thing that um, Kim and Black China were friends previously. Yes. So that's, that's kind of where, like, aside from the familial issues that— happened once um, Rob and Black China had all of their things. There was an issue before because Kim and Black China were such good friends. Yes. Um, before we get into Joyce Benelli, which is one of their— this, By the way, this episode is like, you're a fucking Kardashian. You, like, you know your shit because once you hear the name Joyce Benelli, if you know, you know. But we have to tell you about Third Love. You guys, we've talked about it before. Um, I say the same thing every time because it is so true. I literally don't wear bras ever. Like, it's a thing. And— I like these. So this is a bra company. Um, they use data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. They have more sizes than other brands. They're super convenient. Basically what you do is you go online and you take the quiz. You answer a couple questions about your boobs, like literally size, shape, this, that. Um, it takes 60 seconds, no joke. It's super user-friendly. Um, over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it is kind of fun. It's like, I'd like to talk about my boobs for a minute solid. Um, and then you, they design, you know, they find the bra for you and they send it to your house. It has a 100% fit guarantee. So everybody has 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. Um, if you don't like it, no problem. You can return it. And they will, this is my favorite part about this company. They'll wash it and they'll donate it to a woman in need. Um, Julie loves amazing that too. Amazing part, I know. They're, they're really so amazing. <laughs> every, every, every time I read that part, Julie just like smiles and nods. It's so funny. Um, they have a team of expert fit stylists that are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. It's a, it's just a good brand. Like I just like it. I don't really know what else to say. I actually also bought, because um, I was skeptical. I, I really was. I only ordered one bra at first and then I ordered like a couple of thongs and I really liked them. Um it's just very, it's very comfortable. Julie's wearing it as we speak. They have the straps that won't slip. The labels are tagless, so there's no itching. Listen, give it a try if you're struggling finding a good bra. I genuinely think that this could change it for you. Um, Third Love knows there is a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash celebs now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first order. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash celebs for 15% off today. And tell us about it because I am curious, especially if you're a big free the nipple advocate like myself. Okay, moving on to Joyce Benelli. That name should be ringing a bell if you have been following the Kardashians for as long as we have. 
she was a longtime makeup artist. Um, she was, if you ever saw her in their stories, she was known as like the very kind of crazy, wild, blonde-haired, huge-boobed, fun, high-voiced makeup artist. Apparently, the relationship ended when the Kardashians found out that she tried to go around them on a deal so that they wouldn't make money off of it. Which, as you know, you can fuck with a lot of things. Don't fuck with their money. It doesn't. It just does not fly. You have a better chance fucking with their guy than fucking with their money, quite Seriously. Frankly. Yeah, it's like, fuck my guy. Like, I can forgive you. Like, try to take my money. No way. Uh, the Kardashians apparently were just, like, getting sick of her lies. This is all alleged. We have not—we don't know for sure. This is just what we researched. Um, and apparently she was just going behind their back a lot, and that was the final straw. So— all of them unfollowed her on Instagram, which was a huge deal. To me, this was a bigger deal than when they unfollowed Jordan. I was shook over this entire story. And apparently they have no relationship with her. But the interesting thing about this whole thing is that after the falling out had happened, she like still Instagrams pictures of them together. Um, she even called Kim her twin in an Instagram. There were a couple times, this happened relatively recently where, not re- recently, maybe last year, where someone asked her, she posted a picture of Kylie and someone was like, why are you posting this? And she responded saying like, I have nothing with nothing bad with the Kardashians. You weren't there. You don't know what happened. It got the messy. aftermath was more interesting than what actually happened in my opinion. I still, I would be lying to you guys if I said I know everything. We, we just don't. I know some shit went down and they weren't pleased. That's all I know. I think that she just broke the loyalty. It's so interesting because this is one of those scenarios where it's like, I can't imagine that a quick business deal was better for you financially than like staying on the Kardashians' good side. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. There's no way it was more lucrative for you to go behind their back than it would have been for you to stay on good terms with them. There's just no way. No, there's just no way. Um, I'm I'm fascinated by this. She's one of those people. I don't know if you guys have those people that you follow on Instagram. You don't really— like, <laughs> you don't know why you still follow them, but you just do. And because of, you've been following them for so long, you know everything about their lives. So her husband, her kids, her boob jobs, her this or that, like, I am fascinated. fascinated. And also, I have said this before, and I'll say it again. She was one of the first people I saw to do an actual paid sponsorship for Facetune. She uploaded a picture of herself totally naked with her husband standing there. And she was like, fuck yeah, I love Facetune. And that's one yeah, thing. Yeah, that was interesting. That yeah. is one thing that I—and she's a makeup artist. That is one thing that I fully support because— uh, I don't know anybody that has over 1 million Instagram followers that doesn't use Facetune or even <laughs> over 100 Instagram followers that doesn't use Facetune. So I like that she was embracing it. I'll give her that, right? Totally. And it was the first time I saw it. I was like, wait, they do ads for this shit? Um, <laughs> sign I've me been up. doing this shit for free? What the <laughs> fuck? Exactly. Okay, the next one we want to talk about is also someone that worked with the Kardashians. And I want to preface by saying, we put this in this list to kind of end the skepticism that there was a feud. This is, we're talking about Steph Shep. As you know, we've spoken about it. We love Steph Shep. This woman fucking kills it. She's cool. She's smart. She's chic. She's sophisticated. She, she is, is one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. She radiates. I'm Ra- not kidding. Absolutely radiates. We are such um, fans of hers on so many different levels. I think that she's just like really smart and also a huge advocate. She's someone always posting about what she believes in. And I think that she's the perfect example of she has this platform and she uses it for good. She also uses it very intelligently. She's you know, she has a lot of brand partnerships and she does it really well. Anyway, she came into the family because she was Kim's longtime assistant. She was always known as like Kim's quote lookalike because they both have long, gorgeous black hair. Um, And they apparently let her go because she was growing larger than being Kim's assistant. So from what we know, she's totally on good terms with the family. This this is our belief. And again, we like have never talked to anyone about this. Like it's not like Steph told us. This is just our belief, but I really do think I'm right. That in the sense of, There wasn't a blowout here. It was a mutual decision 
to split up because the job that she initially was hired for, she was getting bigger then. And I think that in order to maintain their relationship, they kind of decided, let's have a clean split. The Kardashians were so thrilled that she was going to take on um, more of a role as an influencer and as a kind of celebrity herself. And I think they embraced that and they celebrated it. And she celebrated it too. She is the first one that's in all of Courtney's Instagrams at all the parties. She's their biggest champion. She cheers them on. They cheer her on. I, there's no bad blood here from what we know. And on the occasions that we have spoken to Steph and what Simon Huck told us, she's nothing but an absolute sweetheart. So we feel like it's like our mission in life to go around and tell everyone there's no fucking fight here. Just end it. Didn't yeah. happen. Not to say that there weren't. Like, it's not to say everything was perfect up until the time. If you remember, there was the issue with, like, her and Courtney being, like, closer than her and Kim. And there was, like, But it it didn't end in, like, the blah that everyone thought did. That story absolutely blew up. And everyone was like, Steph Shep fired on terrible terms with the Kardashians. Not the case. And that's— I think that's important to get out. It is important to get out. We would literally stand at the, like, face of the Supreme Court with science that, like, Steph Chef is not in a feud. Like, we feel so passionately about this, right? Totally. And I met Steph Shep at GovBall. Do you remember? Oh, my God. Yes. And if you think she's gorgeous, let me tell you, if you see her in person, another level. She, I have never seen skin like that. Oh, beyond. I, I, wanted, I, was, like, I was, like, really nervous. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, your skin, I've— I would do anything for yeah, it. It's like porcelain. No, yeah. I She, remember, so we were going to LA like a couple, I don't know, a couple trips ago and I literally messaged her and I was like, I, you were the first person I would ask about this. I, I love beauty treatments. I'll do anything. Like, tell me what to do. And she gave me a list of amazing places. And I was like, Julie, how spot on was I in thinking that Steph Chef is the person to ask? I couldn't think of one other person There's to ask. There's no better person. Yeah. Or one other person I would want to ask. Yeah. We're, we're, this is a Steph Up fan club. This, no, totally It is. just felt good that when we talked to Simon, he like totally reaffirmed how great she was. And Simon knows better than anyone, Simon Huck. Um, okay, moving on to a legitimate feud that happened in their circle was Monica Rose. So you guys remember this was their stylist. They first met Monica in 2007 when she dressed Kim for the cover of her complex shoot, which was like a very um, like defining moment. I think we all remember that. So... <laughs> If I had to, if you said to me, what's one thing about the Kardashians feuds that you want to know that you don't know, it would be this. I want to know exactly what went down because we still don't have a clear answer. Julie can tell us what we kind of know. It, it's I, it's really not much. No one really knows the details. They worked together up until I think 2015 for Kim. And then like, it wasn't like the whole family left at once. From what I understand, it was like one, Kim left her and then Kendall and then the rest of them ended up pulling out. Um, I, I have no idea what happened. It could have been something that happened between Kim and Monica that the rest of the family got on board. It's, it's incredibly unclear. What I think the most interesting part of the story is, is two things. One, she's still Chrissy Teigen's stylist. And as you know, the, the Kardashians have an incredibly close relationship with Chrissy. So I wonder how that plays. Luna was literally at um, Monica's daughter's birthday party at the American Girl doll place, like <laughs> literally the other day. <laughs> what her doll looks like, Julie knows everything. <laughs> no, I don't know. The only thing I know is that Luna brought like her, um, her Beauty and the Beast doll and was sitting in, in like those iconic, American yeah. Girl Doll Cafe chairs. Also, I'm sorry if you hear that noise. It isn't our phone vibrating. I don't know what it is, but someone reached out to that about us. Uh, it's not our phones. I don't know what it is. We're trying to figure it out. Keep going. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. The American Girl Doll is the place. Let me tell you, I had some lit birthdays there. Um, anyway, so that's interesting. Two, the other most interesting thing, in my opinion, is that she is now Sophia Richie's stylist. Yeah. Which, that's some shit. That's interesting. Obviously, Sophia's dating Scott. By zero zero point zero percent, are we saying like that's like that's Sophia throwing shade? No, she just likes Monica's no, styling. No, it's just interesting. It's just interesting. I wonder how it plays in. Like, 
whose side does she take? I don't know. Or maybe there's no sides because they're mature adults and they can handle it, obviously. It's just interesting, that's all. Gigi did also parted ways with her, which is— Gigi did? Yeah. Some people said that it was—there was rumors that it was because she was stealing. Apparently Malika said that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know, but I fucking want to know. And if you know, please let us know because we're curious about that. Um, okay, we now wanted to move on to some of the more smaller feuds that happened, which were kind of like in passing. I'm going to start with Chloe Grace Moretz. So Chloe Grace Moretz is an actress. She was also dating Brooklyn Beckham. Uh, she first tweeted at Kim, I truly hope you realize how important setting goals are for young women. Teaching them we have so much more to offer than just our bodies. So she tweeted that at Kim, and Kim responded sarcastically, welcoming her to Twitter because no one knew who she was. So a couple months later, Chloe got involved in the whole Taylor-Kim-Kanye drama and tweeted, stop wasting your voice on something so petulant and unimportant. Everyone in this industry needs to get their heads out of a hole and look around to realize what's actually happening in the real world. Then Chloe tweeted a picture of Chloe in a red bikini filming Neighbors 2 and a picture from her from from behind showing her ass with a caption, is this the hole you're referring to? Apparently, the second picture ended up not even being Chloe. It was nasty. I think Chloe probably like regretted yeah. doing it. It got like a little. I don't know. They're pretty classy, and when they get in the gutter, it's like not. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have. I think everyone was like Chloe. That was that was a low blow and yeah. unnecessary. But like, she's not perfect. Just like everyone. Also, going forward, just to keep in mind, I think everything that we're about to touch upon on these like quote smaller feuds are all people that Kim had on the post-it note list that were. Um, to my haters. To my haters when she was or whatever. Sending, yeah. When she was sending the hearts that, um, when she was sending the, those hearts for her perfume. Okay. Second was Tyson Beckford. So Tyson commented on a picture of Kim that said, sorry, I don't care for her personally. She's not real. Doctors fucked up on her right hip. Kim responds, sis, we all know why you don't care for it, implying that he was gay. This got a lot of backlash. Um, yeah. It was kind of like, it ended up being like, what's worse, body shaming or, or, or putting someone out of the closet. Yeah. Like, or being homophobic. And it like, it, not, it was not being homophobic, but saying something. It, it just got messy. It just got messy either way. Like, the, I, I think that both of them would regret it. That I think that Tyson probably regretted leaving the comment. I think that Kim re, uh, regretted her re- response. It, the thing about Tyson Beckford that we found out via having this account is that he's pretty like shameless in what he posts. He'll comment anything on anyone's. And was he expecting Kim to respond? Absolutely not. It just got ugly. I'm sure they're fine now. I can't imagine that this actually lasted for more than a very insignificant amount of time, but it was uncomfortable in the moment because, like, he identifies as straight. So if he says it, that's it, bottom line. Like, I don't know. Although it was totally wrong of him to shame her. I I just didn't like this one. None of these I really like, but we have to touch on them because they happened and they are important in learning the Kardashian history. And we get this request so much that we wanted to just go into it. Um, The third is Pink. You want to do this one, Jewel? Yeah, so this one I was a little surprised by. Kim posted the famous naked selfie with the black bars across herself. And Kim tweeted, I mean, not Kim, Pink tweeted like a picture statement on her notes. Said, shout out to all the women across the world using their brains, their strength, their work, their work ethic, their talent, their magic that they were born with that only they possess. It may not bring you as much attention or bank notes as using your body, your sex, your tits, and your asses, but women like you don't need that kind of attention. In the quiet moments, you will feel something deeper than the fleeting excitement resulting from attention. You will feel something called pride and self-respect. Keep on resisting the urge to cave. You'll never have to make silly excuses for yourself. The reason I was surprised by this, and I don't believe there was ever um, a Kim response. The reason I was just surprised is because Pink is such a champion of like women's rights and women's empowerment. I was just surprised that she decided to touch upon that, but. Same. 
I never understood any of the backlash about Kim posting the picture. With, Which with I think, the honestly, the, all of the ones that we're about to get into are all, like, responses to Kim's news. But there's so many there's so many reasons that I didn't understand this. Like, I'm, I'm not even saying, like, I'm not even making a bigger claim of— because, you know, some people say the Kardashians have so much power and so much whatever. Like, why aren't they using it for more important things than just showing their bodies? It's not even about that. It's like— if she just if she wants to post a picture of herself naked, who the fuck is anyone to comment on that? I've always been a believer in this, not just for the Kardashians, for anyone. Totally. I just don't think the whole thing saying like she's a mother. So fucking what? Like yeah. I, I I don't know. To me, I just don't understand the whole thing about nudity being so forbidden. I, I never yeah. I never got that. Me either. I never got that. I think I it's totally actually less. Agree with I you. think it's less empowering to shame someone for doing so. I'm not saying there's certain validity, like there's validity in certain arguments that people make against them. I I get it. I totally get it. I think the obsession with beauty and all that stuff could be considered toxic. I also think that when you're in the limelight like that, it kind of is just natural. I don't know. I have conflicting thoughts, but on this one issue, let her post the fucking picture. She looks great. She owns her body, and she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Quite frankly. Whew. Amen. Okay, Sarah Michelle Geller, brief. After uh, Kim's Vogue cover, she tweeted, well, I guess I'm canceling my Vogue subscription. Who's with me? Know nothing else about that, but just figured it was important to mention since we're going through all of them. Okay. This next one is a little more intense. It's been ongoing for a while now, and I'm sure you can guess it. It is a white male by the name of fucking Pierce Morgan. This guy's a mess, honestly. Yeah. This guy has, he like really enjoys slut shaming. Like it's like a fun pastime for him. Yeah. Which I. I can't get behind that. That it pisses me off beyond for anyone, like men or women, to just. I just. So he tweets. I think it's pathetic. If I was in a room with Kim now, I'd say, "Pull it all away. You're a mom to three kids. It's embarrassing. Imagine being a mom and thinking, oh, I must show my breasts and flash my bottom on social media. So embarrassing. Have some sh- social decorum.'" Um, he also tweeted the picture of Chris with her decorum. decorum. Yeah, why did I say decorum? <laughs> I, I swear I can read. I don't know what just happened there. Um, Listen, don't talk. <laughs> Julie reads one paragraph and like thinks she. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's that the whole reason we let you read is because like <laughs> you tend to do it better. I I'm a little slow when I read, but I've never pronounced decorum decorum. <laughs> you made up your own word. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so, I'm naming the episode decorum. It's just, it's just happening. Look uh, who learned how to read. <laughs> Fucking hooked on phonics over here. (laughs) Literally hooked on phonics is coming out of my eye. Okay. Uh, Pierce also tweeted the picture of Chris with her rich as fuck Goyard, which if you guys follow them, you know exactly what we're talking about, saying, if you're curious why the Kardashians are also greedy, narcissistic, and repulsive, here's their mother yesterday. Let me tell you something, Pierce Morgan. I don't know if we should first get into the the Kim comments because just gross. Like, fucking gross, as I just said. Who gives a shit if she's a mother? Those same breasts are the ones that feed her children. Like, yeah, it's beyond. That's what? a great statement. <laughs> I know she had a surrogate, but like at least for some of them. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. I, no, I'm, I'm oh. agreeing. Like oh. that was a really like powerful thing you just said. Oh, thank you. I loved it. <laughs> um, and the second part of that is like the Goyard back. Listen, totally. The, are the Kardashians beyond wealthy? And was the richest fuck incredibly obnoxious? Absolutely. Did they own how obnoxious it was? Also absolutely. They never have once pretended to be subtle with their money. They have never once pretended that they weren't going to post every single time they're on a private jet, that all their closets, that the Birkins could literally line the walls of the fucking Supreme Court. Like, it's, they've never tried to deny it. They own it. So you can't, you can't break someone down for doing something that they own. Totally. When you have a fucking Goyard briefcase that says rich as fuck, you are by no means trying to hide the fact that you are greedy with your money. Yeah. Like, it's like, tell me something I don't know. Yeah. Totally. I don't know. 
I just, I, I can't get behind him. I just can't get behind him. I don't like this guy. I agree with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, take it away with Wendy Williams, why don't you? They've always had, like, a rough history with Wendy Williams. Um, and Wendy Williams has really been vocal in criticizing the Kardashians. And Chris, I guess, I don't know if this is public knowledge or just something that has been spoken about, but Chris apparently has banned all of the kids from going on Wendy Williams, which is like, duh. If somebody's talking about your family, why would you go on Wendy Williams? Um, I don't think there's a ton to get into here, just that, like, that feud definitely exists, and Wendy Williams is not quiet about, like, the way she feels towards the Kardashians. Yeah, she's not quiet about—, about um Anything really? She's she's very outspoken and all this stuff. I don't know. Not 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 too much to say here. Okay, this one Naya Rivera. So this is when Kim did her paper cover, which obviously you guys know got so much backlash. It did break the internet, but it also <laughs> for good and bad reasons. Um, Naya commented, "I don't. I normally don't, but dot dot dot. You're someone's mother." Again, this one fucking enrages me every single time I read it. What does that mean? All of a sudden you become a mom and you are not allowed to embrace your body in the sexual way that you want to. I, I don't get it. I think that if anything, once women become moms and potentially are struggling with more body image issues than they ever had and are dealing with stretch marks and all the other stuff that comes with pregnancy, why not take this time to embrace the fact that this is their bodies and our bodies are amazing that we can carry children? To shame someone for posing nude after having a kid is something I will never, ever understand. I think that if you, I think that when your child grows up, you are, can be very capable of having that conversation with them, explaining the reason that why you did it, explaining that your body is yours to do whatever you want. I don't think that having a kid all of a sudden stops you from being able to express yourself in that way. And I really take offense to that narrative. Okay, so next one, Chelsea Handler. Em, you want to take this one? Yeah, it was brief. Again, basically what happened was one time Chelsea said that Trump was president because of the Kardashians, meaning that, like, she blames them because of the way people value celebrity in the country, not because they support him, um, which they they really don't. They initially responded saying that they were, like, flattered that Chelsea thought that they had that much power, um, but that they thought what she said was ridiculous. They ended up going on Watch What Happens Live saying they were fine with Chelsea. This was a nothing. Again, we're just mentioning it because it did happen. Um... Okay, this one was the whole Janice Dickinson thing was when she spoke out against against the Kardashian and Jenner saying that they weren't models. So what she said about Kendall was, I don't think she's a supermodel. I don't. Give me a break. You think that's supermodel? That is not a supermodel. She can't beat me. She can't. Apples and oranges. She also said, Kim Kardashian made the cover of Vogue, which made me want to vomit. It was crazy. They're not models. They're reality TV stars. You know, modeling is extremely hard work. You have to put, you have to have perfect proportions. The Kardashians do not have couture proportion. Couture proportion. I, uh, this is like, <laughs> I just didn't like this one. <laughs> I don't like any of that. <laughs> I really didn't like this one though because I know that Kendall um, had an easier time getting into the industry or some could argue No, I, she thinks she, she has thinks a she much a difficult time, time I and I agree with that. I, I think, I guess what I'm saying is I guess the narrative is that like she had an easier time. And if you want to say the rest of them aren't models, totally fine. They do modeling, but they are not quote models. Kendall is. <laughs> If you want to do it based on proportions, Kendall has them. She has the model's body. She is a supermodel. She has worked incredibly hard for it. She has made it very clear that her first role, she wants to be supermodel and not reality star. And no shade to Janet Dickinson because she was incredibly accomplished when at her peak. But I thought that this was unwarranted, at least the Kendall part of it. I also think we're like past the point where we can like judge people as models based on proportion. That's the other right. thing. What the fuck is that? It's the same thing with the mom thing. All of these, a lot of these, I think, mindsets are just so antiquated. Yeah. You know? And and granted, Janice Dickinson was at her peak in a time where proportions were the most important things. Model, you had to be X height with X weight. It's not like that anymore. And for her to say that, I think is just 
is just wrong. And I, I do think Kendall had to work harder than the average person to be taken seriously. Not that she didn't have the connections or not that she didn't have people that she could have, you know, that broke her into the industry. I think that it, it took a lot for her to be taken seriously as a model. I totally agree. Um, so moving on to Bette Midler. So after Kim posted that nude selfie, she tweets, if Kim wants us to see a part of her we've never seen, she's going to have to swallow the camera. And Kim responds, hey, at Bette Midler, I know it's past your bedtime, but if you're still up and reading this, send the nudes. Hashtag just kidding. And then she tweets, I really didn't want to bring up how you sent me a gift a while back trying to be a fake friend and then come at me. Hashtag deja vu. <laughs> Again, like, holy shit, literally everyone. Bette Midler was crazy yeah. for this one. I loved this shoot. And also, I thought that original tweet was really funny. I didn't think that it was that mean, like, if, there, if there's something that— Kim, we, Kim wants us to see if her, she's going to have to swallow the camera. Like, first of all, she's true. not lying. It's true. She had a sex tape. She posted no shade, shade on it, but it's kind of true. I didn't think that this was as nasty as it needed to become. Um, you know when Beck gets nasty, she gets nasty, and she goes after Trump, which like, amen. I love Bette Midler. Yeah, no, she's funny. I don't know. This this is just like an interesting one. It's a weird combination. You wouldn't think Kim Kardashian and Bette Midler would be feuding, but welcome to 2018 at the time. Okay. We're going to end with the most recent one. A lot of you have been talking to us about it. This happened over the weekend. Khloe Kardashian posted, as she usually does, an ad for Fit Tea. It was their meal replacement shakes. And Jamila comments, by the way, as you know, Jamila has become a total advocate for, like, everything about women, and specifically this. And she comments, if you're too irresponsible to, A, own up to the fact that you have a personal trainer, nutritionist, probable chef, and a surgeon to achieve your aesthetic rather than this laxative product, and B, tell them the side effects of this non-FDA-approved product that most doctors are saying aren't healthy— Side effects such as possible flat tummy tea side effects are cramping, stomach pains, diarrhea, and dehydration, then I guess I have to. It's incredibly awful that this, that this industry bullied you until you became this fixated on your appearance, and that's the media's fault. But now, please don't put that back into the world and hurt other girls the way you have been hurt. You're a smart woman. Be smarter than this. This went fucking viral. For good reason. Honestly, I am like— I think that's one of the things that I always that we always say about us is that like we're ride or die Kardashians, but we're willing to like when they're wrong, they're wrong. And like I love Jamila Jamil. I think this is an amazing like project to take on and an amazing way that she's doing it. And I am behind her hundred percent. Me too. I mean, a lot of people are saying, Well, she's a woman. What do you think about the fact that Chloe's out here endorsing it? She's making money and you're then commenting on it. I didn't see it that way. The Kardashians make a lot of money in a lot of ways, and I think I support them for it. I think they're exceptional businesswomen. This one I can't get behind. I really just can't. It's not that she's ever denied. Chloe's never denied having a, a, a trainer and a nutritionist and all of that stuff. She hasn't. But to, to the average person posting that, it's incredibly deceiving. And I think that Jamila is really correct in, in kind of taking a stand on that because I think that all of us, if you're a girl, no matter how secure you are with your body, I'm would be willing to bet you have scrolled through Instagram and saw a Fit Tea ad and thought for a second, should I get it to make me lose five pounds? You've just thought it. Yeah. Every, it's not right, but you thought it. It's not right, but you've thought it. And so when you are a figure that powerful and that influential like a Kardashian, I totally agree that there maybe could be a little bit more of a um, thought into things because they are careful with their endorsements. It's like, if you want to endorse sunglasses that you don't wear, that's one thing. But when it really could affect someone's body, that's a whole other thing. People are... Kim Kardashian is the most requested face for a plastic surgeon. Like, it's not like a—it's not a lie that people want to look like them. It's—it's it's like literally proven. If you walk around LA, you see a lot of fucking Kim Kardashian lookalikes. It's a thing. Totally. They did a whole episode on it. Um, so I—I I supported Jamila for this message, and we—we supported it not to shade Chloe. We adore Chloe. I, I just think that maybe potentially this will change the narrative a little. Yeah, and I think I think Jamila knows that like she—the reason that I think she. Um, 
points this as Chloe is because she knows that Chloe is really like been like bullied by the industry and she she's not trying to like attack Chloe. She wants to be like, I'm supporting you, but this has to end. Absolutely. Um, before we end, we just want to tell you guys about Brewmate. So the mission of Brewmate is to create the perfect drinking experience by ensuring every sip of your favorite adult beverage is just as refreshing as the first, no matter where life takes you. So it's like a very diverse product line that ensures a perfect match for everyone. So they have insulated coolers for slim and craft cans to unbreakable nosing glasses. Um, they have insulated canteens, canteens that keep a full bottle of wine at the perfect temperature for over 24 hours. So it's really cool, especially if you're a drinker and especially in the summer. Um, the way that they say it is that they combine fashion with function and there's no more boring drinkware, which is true. We got them sent to our house and we tried them. I, I honestly am not a big drinker at all, but I was, I think it's a really, one, it's a really good gift and two, it's like a, just a good thing to have at your house for the summer. And it's true. The bottles are gorgeous. Mine was like marble, um, silver and purple. I forget what colors. Oh, I did marble and black matte. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um, and it's not like the outdoors man and the outdoor fanatic that a lot of other brands have. It, it has a very stylish aesthetic. It's a solution for everyone. There's over 30 color options, matte, glossy, glitter. What it looks like, the ones that I'm talking about, it literally looks like a wine bottle, but it's beautiful. And you just pour the wine into there and it keeps it cool. It's amazing for the summer. Um, they have like this Bevgar technology that ensures there's never a metallic aftertaste. It's just when you're sick and tired of hauling your ice and being limited by the glass-free zones at pools and this type of stuff, it's a really easy way to be able to enjoy the drink that you want without having to deal with kind of not being able to bring it in certain places. Um, it also, it's important to mention, it works with hot beverages also. So it's great for keeping alcohol cold, but it's also amazing at keeping things warm as well. So you can use it for coffee or tea in the morning and then end the night with a nice cold one. So right now, Brewmate is giving our listeners a special discount of 15% off your first order when you go to www.brewmate.com and use our code CELEBS. Again, it's 15% off when you use our code CELEBS at brewmate.com. Don't let summer heat ruin your drink. Go to brewmate.com and beat the heat this summer. One last time, it's 15% off your first order by using our code CELEBS at brewmate.com. B-R-U-M-A-T-E dot com, code CELEBS. Try it. Let us know what you think. Okay, guys. That was a lot. We really tried to get into them all. Um, I'm sure we missed a couple, and we did our best. It's been a really requested episode. I hope that added some clarity to anybody confused. And we fucking love doing this photo show. It is our drug. We could do it literally every single day. So keep sending us things that you want us to talk about it. We genuinely read your your um, inboxes and your emails about it. If you want to email comments by slevspot at gmail.com or the number that's in our description. We like hearing it. Tell us what you think. And we will see you guys next week. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. 
Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile It helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. 